today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you. See, Peter resets our expectations, doesn't he? Don't be surprised. In fact, don't even be surprised by what he terms fiery trials. That's a trial that's not just, oh, the line at Starbucks was too long this morning and I wasn't able to get it, and so I got to work without my coffee. Now, this is a trial that has some fire to it. This is one that's painful. This is something that's hurting you on kind of a deep level. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Hope in God, He's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. In our text today, the Apostle Peter exhorts the church not to be surprised when they experience fiery trials. Fiery trials are not just hardships of inconvenience but they're painful and can give extreme anguish to the soul. Pastor Ricky will be encouraging us to rejoice during trials as well as fiery trials because God will use them to work within us something great. As a Christian, God will work all things out for good in your life, even the worst of tribulations. Well, let's join Pastor Ricky for part one of his message entitled, In Suffering, Rejoice. Beloved, Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore... Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Well, this morning, we're going to be focusing specifically on verse 19. I'm going to spend most of our time, we're going to kind of frame this whole study according to verse 19. And this statement really in verse 19 is really a summary of the entire message of what 1 Peter says about suffering. It's simple. I love its simplicity, but it is profound. Therefore, the apostle says, in light of everything, and I don't believe that this therefore just means, okay, the last few verses. No, no, no. I believe this therefore means in light of everything you have heard about God and about suffering in this letter, this is what you need to do. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing Good. See, Peter knows something about human nature. He knows that, that suffering tends to pull our eyes downward to see the circumstances around us. And sometimes it feels as though the circumstances around us are, are so big, we can't see more than a foot in front of us. Our eyes get drawn downward. But, but Peter says, no, 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 I don't want you to do that. I want you to set your eyes on something 
else. And when you set your eyes on something else, it will change your life. So here's the big idea for this morning. The main thing we're trying to say this morning is this. In suffering, we look down, but in Christ, we look up and we look out. In suffering, you're going to be tempted to look down, but, but God's word calls us in Christ to look up and then to look out. Now, remember the context just for a second of this letter. The, the Christians that Peter is writing to are in Asia Minor, and they've come to Christ. They've turned away from their religion, uh, their false religion, their idolatry, and they've left kind of the life of the culture around them. They've turned away from, from all of this sin and false religion, but surprisingly, things aren't all better for them. They are finding that people are mocking them. They're, they're getting social pressure put against them. They're starting to suffer in their businesses because people aren't coming around as much. And so the emphasis is on suffering that is a result of following Jesus. Now, I believe there's an, a broader application to any suffering, but remember specifically, this is suffering that's encountered on the path of following Jesus, which makes it in some ways even more unexpected because they could be tempted to say, well, listen, I'm following Jesus. I thought it was supposed to get easier from here on out. We're gonna look at this in three sections. The first one is this, look down. We're gonna look down and get our perspective adjusted about the circumstances around us. This is where we're going to cover verses 12 through 18. Verse 12 says this, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you. See, Peter resets our expectations, doesn't he? Don't be surprised. In fact, don't even be surprised by what he terms fiery trials. That's a trial that's not just, oh, the line at Starbucks was too long this morning and I wasn't able to get it and so I got to work without my coffee. Now, this is a trial that has some fire to it. This is one that's painful. This is something that's hurting you on kind of a deep level. And one thing that happens in a trial like that is that it tests our hearts. We, we kind of, our hearts get tapped a little bit and we see what's inside and what comes out. And so Peter says, listen, I don't want you to think something strange is happening. I don't want you to be surprised. See, our tendency is to be surprised by trials. In our modern world, we've done our best to insulate ourselves from suffering, especially uh, the, us here in America, friends. If you, if you look at the rest of the globe, we are remarkably insulated from suffering, insulated by medical care, um, insulated uh, by medical care that's not just, hey, I'm gonna die, so take me to the hospital. We have preventative medical care. Um, we have housing that is reliable. We have police and firefighters to, to, to catch bad guys and protect us and to put out fires and give life-saving assistance. We have insurance. We have 401ks. And more often than not, our problem is that we don't like the insurance we have, not that we don't have any, right? More often than not, our problem is that we don't love the job we have rather than we have no employment at all. Our, our problem more often than not is not that we have no place to live, but we don't like the one where we live. See, our expectation is that normal life should always be easy life, trial-free life, suffering-free life. But Peter says, listen, listen, you need to reset your expectations. The Bible tells one story from the beginning to the end, from Genesis to Revelation. And the story is that God created this world good, but humanity chose sin. And as a result of humanity's 
choosing of sin, the world was broken and suffering entered the world. Suffering from our own sins, suffering from the sin of others, suffering from the general brokenness of creation. Now, because of Jesus, all who believe in him will one day be restored where, to a place where suffering will be no more, where death will be no more. But we live in the middle. We live in between the Garden of Eden and the Garden City laid out in Revelation. We live in the middle where there is suffering, where there is trial, where there is pain. So how do we respond? Knowing that we will encounter these things. Verse 13 says this, but rejoice. See, rather than being surprised by suffering, Peter says, listen, I want you to watch for suffering. It's going to happen. And when it happens, here's what I want you to do. I want you to rejoice when you're mocked for, at work for being a prude or when you try to treat your family like a Christian and then it just backfires in your face or when your college professor calls you a backward relic of a debunked religion Rejoice is what Peter says. Why? Why would we have any reason to rejoice? He, he tells us, rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. He says rejoice because you are in Christ, because you've believed in Christ, because you've been united with Christ. Well, what does that mean? Well, remember that Jesus rode the road of Jesus' life wasn't, you know, it didn't start out good and then get better and end best, right? The trajectory of Jesus' life was he was born in a manger on the run from an evil king trying to kill him who rose to prominence only to be turned against by his own people and executed as they shouted for his murder. That's the road of Jesus. And so Peter is saying, listen, that road of Jesus, it, it contained suffering, but remember, it ended in glory. See, Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He rose again three days later, and he ascended to the right hand of God, and now he's preparing a place for us. And so, listen, this is what Peter is saying. If you find yourself on the road of Jesus, suffering as you seek to follow him, remember that it's Jesus' road that you're on, that it does contain suffering, but its end is in glory. In an in a, in a odd way to us, Peter sees our suffering like Jesus as an indicator that we truly are united with Jesus and that from that we should take encouragement that if we're united with him in suffering, surely we will be united with him in glory. See, this, this transforms the way you look at trials then. See, rather than being discouraged, rather than thinking that, that a trial is, is, a, is a keep out sign, you're going the wrong way, a trial is like a mile marker saying, yep, you're on the right path. Are you suffering as you follow Jesus? That's okay. You're on the road of Christ, but it will end in glory. You're on the right path. Last summer, um, I got really bad appendicitis and I had my appendix removed. And I was in crazy, crazy pain as I was in the hospital. I was really looking forward to not feeling pain like that anymore. And then I come out of surgery and guess what? I'm still in pain, right? And, and so I told the doctor, hey, I, I don't know if this is normal, but like where the append appendectomy was, it hurts there. And the doctor said, 
oh, that's good. That's good. So I described the kind of pain that I was feeling, and he said, yep, that, that's the right kind of pain. That's in the right spot, so that's perfect. Um, I thought, oh, okay. And so then a few weeks later, um, I started to feel better, but then I started to get random stomach pains at different times when, when different things would happen. And so I went to the doctor, the surgeon again, and I said, listen, I'm experiencing this kind of pain, and it feels like this, and it happens at this time, and, and this is what, what goes on. And he said, oh, good, very good. Um, means you're on the right track. Excellent. Now, listen, in that moment, I don't love the fact that I have any pain, right? I, that's why I went into the surgery in the first place, right? And I went into the surgery because at the end, they promised that I wouldn't be in a pain, right? But then I came out and I was still in pain. And then a few weeks later, I was in different pain. And yet the doctor was encouraged because he thought, okay, this means you're on the right path. In, in a similar way, Peter is saying, he, he, these Christians are saying, listen, Peter, I'm, I'm hurting. I got opposed. Something happened. I, I'm trying to follow Jesus. And then I ran into this, th- these people that are opposing me. And he says, perfect. That's exactly what you should be experiencing on the road of Jesus. Now, why do we get frustrated then? Why do we get frustrated when, when suffering or trials appear in our lives? Well, to be frank, what, one of the things that I think... It, hurts us in America is sort of a prosperity theology, an expectation that that we can and should always experience the best possible life right now. But in many ways, that is the opposite of the Bible. The Bible says that your life in Christ is so much better than life without Christ, but your life right now is not the life that it will be one day. And so when your life today is not your best life now, Take heart, because one day you will be united with Jesus. And in fact, the, 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 the fact that you're struggling and straining right now like Jesus means you're on the right path. We should be encouraged. We should rejoice. And listen, this is as countercultural for me as it is for you. And Peter continues. He, he, he gives an encouragement, not just for the future, but for today as well. Verse 14 says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. See, Peter's saying, look, if somebody takes a shot at you or you experience some kind of satanic opposition, you really are blessed. Now, remember what we have been saying from the book of 1 Peter, that blessing does not mean no suffering. And suffering does not mean no blessing. And the blessing in this case is really specific. It's that the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. See, if, if you are in Christ, you have the spirit. And in that very moment, when you feel faint or weak or you can't stand, the spirit more powerfully rests upon you. That moment brings not just trial, but blessing in the form of Holy Spirit given power for strength and for courage. That's what Peter is holding out as a promise. But then he gives a warning. Listen in verse 15, he says, but, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is, it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, What will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? 
So listen, he, he, he warns them and says, listen, we, we need to be careful that we don't attribute all suffering in our lives necessarily to following Jesus. He's honest and he says, listen, if you pursue sin, you're going to suffer. But it's not suffering that comes as a result of following Jesus. This is suffering that comes as a result of you, you, you sinning, you pursuing sin. God does bring discipline. And it's even worse when, when, because you, you claim the name of Christ. And by sinning, you bring disrepute to God's name. And it doesn't mean that people won't attack you when you follow Jesus. They still may. But when they do, it will be because you're following Jesus, not because you're suffering the consequences of your own sin. And in verses 17 and 18, he, he, he uses these, this, this phrase that kind of sound a stra- sounds strange to us. Um, it's time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if that's true, then what will be the outcome for those who don't obey God? Now, Peter is probably referencing a prophecy in Malachi that p- pictures God's um, coming presence as a fire. And this fire does two things, according to this picture in Malachi. It first purifies and refines God's people, and then it judges and destroys God's enemies. And so Peter is saying this, listen, are are you feeling the heat a little bit right now? Do you feel that heat? Well, that heat should be the refining fire of God purifying and refining his people. But, But Take heart because it is not the fire of judgment. And, then, and the implied warning is this. Listen, if you are outside Christ, if you're sinning and rejecting Christ and running away from Christ repeatedly and you find yourself outside of God, in fact, you're not gonna find less heat, you'll find worse. You'll, you'll find the judgment of God. This is where you want to be in a place of being purified and refined, not in the place of being judged. So looking at verses 15 to 18 together, there's this warning. And I think this may seem strange. Okay, why would Peter, in the middle of trying to encourage these poor broken saints that are are hurting, why wouldn't he, why would he break off and start warning them against sinning? Well, friend, if, if you've ever been in a season of suffering, you know what can happen. Um, in a season of suffering, in a moment of hurt, you can say, listen, whatever. Whatever about God, whatever about church, whatever about the Bible says, I'm going to do what it, what's going to make me feel better right now. Your eyes turn down to your circumstances and you think, listen, I'm not going to trust God anymore that he's going to help me. I'm not going to trust God anymore that my happiness will be set in him. I'm going to do what I want to do because who knows if this is true anyway. And people then lash out in anger against their family or in adultery or in hurting others or taking what's not theirs. And Peter knows that this is a temptation. And he said, listen, listen, in the middle of trial, I know it hurts, but do not run down the path of sin. You will only find something far worse at the end of that road. Cling to Christ. So have you ever been tempted to give up and to to just sin because you're suffering or in trial or you're not seeing God work in the way that you want him to? Peter says, listen, don't, don't pursue sin. And don't give up either. In fact, when you see that trial, rejoice. It means you're exactly on the road of Christ and it will end in glory. So Peter allows us to see the circumstances around us. He allows us to look down and see those things, but he wants us to see them in the right way. And then he calls our eyes to look up. 
Point number two, look up. Verse 19, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. See, Peter draws their attention up to a faithful creator. Now, these two words are beautiful and they are exactly what these people need in suffering. They're exactly what we need in suffering. First, Peter reminds us that God is our creator. In fact, this, this word creator is the only time this word is used in the New Testament because Peter is highlighting something really specific about God. The fact that he is not a small God who's being batted around by the circumstances of the universe. No, he is the creator of all. He is the architect of all. He designed us. He loves us. He knows us best. And, and when we're tempted to think, listen, this is out of control, God says, no. I'm the architect of all. It's not outside of my control. When we're tempted to think, listen, nobody knows what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. Peter says, your your creator does. The one who fashioned you and made you knows exactly what you're feeling. And he adds this, faithful. This word, faithful. He is a creator that is not flippant, He does not flee at the first sign of trouble. He is a faithful creator who keeps every one of the promises he makes in the Bible. And listen, what I want to do now is review some of of 1 Peter because all throughout this letter, Peter has been building this case of seeing God as this faithful creator. See, Peter started this letter to these suffering people by first directing their attention not to their circumstances, but upward to the God over them. He says this in verse three of chapter one, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He he starts this letter by saying, look up. I know you've written to me. I know you've asked for help because you're hurting. But listen, this is the first thing you need to do. Look up. See your God. This God that created you has recreated you and caused you to be born again. This God kept his promise to send you a savior. This God will keep his promises in eternity. But how did this happen? How did all of this wonderful salvation story happen? Peter points these people to the clearest evidence of God's faithfulness and commitment to his people. Chapter one says this, you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Hope in God, he's a rock and you hide in place. He's a mighty fortress. The book of 1 Peter is one of those hard-hitting books in the Bible intended to shake us to the core. In this series, Pastor Ricky will be sharing messages entitled The Countercultural Christian Community and The Time is Short and many more. Each one of these messages will bring insight into specific areas in the Christian life. 
You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Elcanta of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website at www.betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, the number to call is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to walk in obedience to Him by being a part of the body of believers, please join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. Music heard here on Better News Radio is courtesy of Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from his series in the book of 1 Peter next time on Better News Radio. Open.